0: Dear ones, you're listening to the What God Is Not podcast
1: with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. It is Father Michael, and today's episode is Mother Natalia's. Um, she took the greatest hits from an episode that we lost um, because of technical difficulties after we recorded the entire thing, or thought we recorded the entire thing. And so she talks about vulnerability, true vulnerability, what that means, especially when it comes to holiness or discernment of a vocation. Uh, we talk about online personalities and the place they have in our life, the place they should have, the place they shouldn't have. And we talk about forgiving the brokenness of those who we love and finding people in community um, that can understand and love us in our brokenness. And Mother gives some beautiful examples of, of deep healing and why we sometimes may get in the way of God's desire to really heal our deep wounds when we only want him to heal what's on the surface and how he will he will persevere through that. But how we can sometimes get in the way of what that is as well. If you're a hashtag banter hater, go ahead and skip ahead seven minutes and thirty-two seconds after the end of this recording.
0: Glory to Jesus Christ.
1: Glory forever.
0: I feel I'm I'm gonna, I think, clear my throat a lot during this episode and this is a problem with when I run when it's cold outside. I then cough for hours. Does this happen to you too? Oh, you're nodding I, your I head ca- like you agree.
1: I, I cough when it's cold outside. Oh, but I don't. But you you're you you're, you're so cute that you're assuming I run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I guess I mean like when you. I feel like you. Ha- I mean, you have run. You've done like the I boulder, have. boulder and stuff. Yes. But it probably wasn't no, cold outside. Definitely was not cold. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I run between my office and the my house sometimes or the church. If it's really cold.
0: Really? Oh, if it's cold. cold.
1: No, I, I was saying this, like I was telling um Archbishop Shepu like I cannot because he's he has he poor guy is having some issues with his foot and so he's very slow going up and down stairs. And he lives like on the second story of his, his new residence in Philadelphia and and so I was and he he knows that i get antsy on steps so he's just like go ahead like go to the top i'm fine like i don't I, he's totally capable it's just he's just slow and so i was like so i i cannot walk up steps i cannot Walk down steps like I need to run. Like if I'm talking to somebody, then I'm like I can kind of meander next to them. But yeah, there's no way. And I was telling Sarah Jimenez the same thing. Like I, if I'm if I'm talking to someone, I'll f- kind of forget I'm going up downstairs. Step, but steps are just an inconvenience for me. And in my ADHD, I just need to get up them or get down them ASAP. So that's fascinating. Run between things too because I do the <laughs> same
0: thing, and I've never. But I've I've always just thought this is a weird me thing. Um, Like when I go to the the, our basement steps or something, if I have to go to the basement, it doesn't matter if I'm in a hurry. I run down the steps.
1: Oh yeah, I just Um, get bored.
0: Yeah,
1: that's fascinating. So why not run or go up (laughs) the steps? If it's (laughs) it's, it's really cold, I I start coughing like the rest of the day.
0: <clears throat> well <laughs> a stop. You're such a tired <laughs> I like wheezed
1: wheezed into the microphone.
0: <laughs> oh. It was not really it wasn't easy to run this morning. I was really tired. But I did it. I did it. And um in time I even finished in time to go to mass. I didn't shower after because I ran out of time to shower, so I was probably real smelly, but <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Do you guys have
1: the same priest, the same Roman priest just hanging out there? That's why you're getting all these masses in? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. nice. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Father Michael Lamy, who is wonderful. He was on uh, a little bit. He was on the last podcast that we recorded, <laughs> except that it was a fake podcast because we lost it. A
1: ghost episode.
0: I think it's the first episode that we've ever entirely lost. Is that true?
1: It, it was, yeah.
0: Because there was that one that we almost lost, but then Natalie saved it
1: and i regret oh she did she's totally our hero um, i uh, <laughs> I'm you strong with you mother mother thinks she saved it so that that's the joke um, the uh, I, I regret erasing well i guess I, I guess i regret there was
0: nothing to do with it
1: no but we could have like there was I, if your voice had been enough, you said some pretty beautiful things that we couldn't have like put out in a recording, but it would have been nice to, like see a, a written you, you talked all about vulnerability. It was beautiful, and like you probably well actually you couldn't have heard me. I take that back in person in person, you can hear the other person through the other mic just mm-hmm. very faintly, but obviously on squadcast we can't're we're, we're nowhere near each other right now. we're on squadcast, so
0: yeah no, it's wah, wah. yeah. It I just, said
1: some pretty cool things too that I wish I had recorded though. Yeah. When we talk about vulnerability?
0: Yeah, you did. Um <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I I'm just not at all sad that it was lost. Um not even a little bit. I guess my only regrets, I told Father Michael O'Lachlan, my only regrets in it being lost is that uh first of all, I felt like I had wasted your time because it was my fault because at some point I did something weird with the mic and I don't know. But uh so I felt so like I was basically
1: listeners, we recorded entire podcast not realizing that mother only recorded four minutes of her end of the conversation because something happened with her microphone and it gave me a warning on my end and I did not heed that warning. I just thought it was like hey, it's a little bit off because that happens all the time. I also saying, like,
0: gave a warning. Like I was like, Hey, I feel like it's not working anymore. And you were like, No, it's fine.
1: <laughs> I don't know how I, w- I don't know how I would have tested that. Now I do.
0: Yeah. Oh well. Okay. It doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, we lost the episode and I was sad that I had wasted Father Michael's time, O'Loughlin. And my other sadness was that Father Michael Lamy, who's here on retreat right now and is having all these masses for us that Father Michael O'Loughlin is talking about. It was difficult having both of you have the same first name. That's tough. But uh, he is absolutely amazing. And I was really excited for all of our listeners to uh, hear anything he had to say and to hear his uh, really fun accent that I just think is completely adorable.
1: So, Would he really come on sometime and actually share his deep thoughts?
0: Maybe. I would love for him to share his conversion story, his reversion story, because yeah. it's amazing. There you go. Um, He, I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. I'm not sharing his story, but I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. He gave a homily uh, the first day he had mass for us, and all the nuns laughed very hard. Uh, This this always happens. Like when priests, we nuns, at least these nuns, but I feel like probably nuns in general are the ideal audience for a homily Hmm. for a priest. because we are super absorbed. We want to hear everything that they have to say. Uh, we're so engaged. And they make a joke, and we will laugh for sure. Uh, I mean, if we think it's funny. But uh, anyways, the so he was saying that he wanted to share, when he became a priest, he was like, he just wanted to, he had this beautiful reversion story and he wanted to share just everything with everybody and like tell them how amazing Jesus is. And basically like St. Fotina, the woman at the well, right? Just go out and share the story of their encounter with Jesus. And he was like, and I was so excited uh, to just be able to preach and have this opportunity in homilies to tell everyone these beautiful things about Jesus and what he's done in my life. And then I realized after two weeks of being a priest that I had already shared everything I ever wanted to share in a homily.
1: Because
0: <laughs> you, you guys are preaching, well, especially for a Roman priest who's having daily mass and is preaching every day. Uh, yeah, so that was just really funny. I feel that way sometimes with the podcast, where I'm just like, what else do I have to say? Which is a fantastic segue, because... This episode is something that I've already said a million times, Uh, so I'm just going to jump in. Nice. It was inspired by the recording that we lost, and uh, what were we talking about? The context. So... In the recording that we lost, I was super unhappy with the episode. I was like, that was terrible. I didn't say anything eloquently, which I wasn't worried about for the sake of my pride, but I was actually worried that people were going to misunderstand what I had said, and they were going to run with it, and it was going to be spiritually unfruitful. And so I was like terrified for that. And so I was like, Jesus, you've got to do something with this episode because it was so terrible, and people aren't going to understand and then we didn't have the episode <laughs> and Jesus loves me so much and but there i was i was thinking about it and i was like well maybe i should redo the same episode and just make the nuances better and whatever but i decided i didn't want to do that because that's just not what i was at peace with so instead i want to share there was part of the conversation we had in the recording that we lost, that I think was my favorite part of what we talked about, and I'd like to expound that particular part of it. <clears throat> expound on that. Expound it. I think expound I would on say it.
1: Expound on it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, in the episode, I was talking about how I'm a mess which I do in most of our episodes. (laughs) But particularly I was talking about the realizations I've had recently that it's kind of a good thing that I'm a mess and that I'm sharing the fact that I'm a mess with a lot of people uh, because there's... I know a lot of people listen to our podcast and to some of the stuff I do on Pints with Aquinas and and they share that they're very inspired or they look up to me or whatever it is. Excuse me, sorry. And that's pretty terrifying. But also, I think it makes it more important that I'm sharing with an appropriate vulnerability, which is what we talked about in the episode that was lost, an appropriate vulnerability, sharing my brokenness and my weaknesses and my sinfulness without necessarily particulars because there are so many misconceptions about what it is to be called to the monastic life and what it is to be called to holiness in general. And I think a lot of people think they can't be holy or they can't possibly be called to monastic or religious life or to the priesthood because they don't fit this mold because they've made too many mistakes because they're too much of a mess because they're too broken, so on and so forth. And I, I imagine people think that because that's what I thought before I became a nun. And I was like, God can't be calling me to this because I'm just too broken and too sinful. And I've made all these mistakes in my life. And thankfully I had you, Father Michael, to tell me, hey, guess what? All of the nuns in the monastery that you're entering are broken and sinful and have made mistakes. And I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, And it turns out you were right uh, I'm going to admit that in this one instance, you were right, mark the date. And, but not everyone has the Father Michael Lachlans to tell them that as they're discerning different vocations. So I get to just show people that nuns are still a mess <laughs> and they can know that, uh, that the, our sinfulness and our brokenness. Is not an impediment to God calling us to holiness because everyone's called to holiness, and there's that. But what I wanted to, so that's just the context of what came next, well, well, which what is what are I wanted to. Will turn you off
1: about. if I ask you a question?
0: No, that's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I you know I forget a lot but I'm also trying to remember like what <laughs> and again just feel free to ignore this and so we can talk about this for the time if it's not but but I don't I'm trying to remember like when have you shared that you're a mess
0: on the podcast?
1: Like you say it a lot. Yeah. But but I I'm trying to think because you mentioned well, like no but i have um... also
0: because I've also shared things of okay so one one example that comes to mind but I've done this like I've I've shared things like this a lot it's usually when I'm sharing um, what it was that because I'm sharing the fruits of my prayer in these episodes and usually the fruits of my prayer come from me going to Jesus with the mess that is me Um, (laughs) and him speaking into that. So I'm sharing the mess as well as sharing what he's speaking into the mess. But uh, a really good example of this was when the episode called All Rise for Judge Natalia. I don't know. Oh my goodness, this is infuriating. I'm going to have to take a sip of coffee or something. So I... Oh, I just thought of another way that I show that I'm a mess. I'll show that in a second. So, all rise for Judge Natalia. I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't
1: mean to make this all about like let's all let's all remember. No, it's Natalia's fine. Mess. I don't, it's okay, fine. Okay. I want
0: everyone to know that I'm a mess. It's fine. I'm not even. I'm feeling no self consciousness.
1: Okay, because this is my thought. My worry is that people are going like, if that's what she's saying is a mess.
0: Okay. No, I understand. People yeah. will
1: think prevents from joining the monastery. Like I'm much more of a mess than that. I, I, that that's that. <laughs> Right. That's, that's yes. How they, okay. Like, that's people. People, people do
0: need to know that I'm not sharing like the depths of my confession, and I'm not sharing like <laughs> the details of the sinful life that I led before entering. In part because my parents listen to this podcast, and in part because that's just not appropriate for a nun <laughs> to be sharing publicly. So, but um, there is. I have shared that the when we were joking about you when you gave the homily for my tonsure uh, when mm-hmm. I became Sister Natalia. Um, And I was like, Father Michael, you can uh, just do like, you can share all of the best moments from my confession or something like that. Or no, you said that. You said that you Mm. could share all of my best moments from confession. And I said that to the priest who was my confessor at the time and his response was, he can't do that. There will be children there. (laughs) Not because it would be breaking the seal of confession because there will be children there. Um, Anyways, so... But in the, "All rise for judge Natalia episode, I'm sharing about how, um, I'm seeing all of these people who are judgmental jerks, I think is even the phrase that I use in the episode, um, who are doing this, that, and the other, and how come they can't just be charitable and not like assume what everyone's thinking and whatever. And then at some point as I'm in the midst of this, I realize, oh, wait, I'm the judgmental jerk. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and the Lord was really convicting in that. But also, I guess I just mean like in the gospel, actually, this was the gospel reading for today. Um, of if you're faithful in little, you're faithful in much. If you're unfaithful in little, you'll be unfaithful in much Mm. in the big things or whatever. um, And if people can just even get glimpses of my mess, they only get the glimpses because, yeah, again, there's boundaries and there's what's appropriate and so on and so forth. But if they can even get the glimpses, they can realize that I'm just like... I'm a mess in the big things too. And they can see those glimpses when I get really annoyed with you and I'm when I'm uncharitable to you. <laughs> and, um although they probably also realize that you're antagonizing me and you're asking for it <laughs> most of the time, but I don't know. I feel like I, I yeah. guess
1: I guess I just want to say, like, this podcast is obviously not the place for for us to share our the fact that we're truly a mess. Yeah, Um, but I, I do I do think that that's one of your gifts, mother, and that and you know that is is for being the step that a podcast can be. We always need to make sure that that. Media things and things that we do from the, you know, 30,000 feet, like we're doing on this podcast. These things may be a, a small step in someone's discernment that, that can actually get them to say, All I know is that Mother says, says she, she's a mess. Um, can you say something brilliant and funny? There's a cop at the door. One sec.
0: There's a cop at the door? Yeah, oh.
1: Cop left. So I, uh, I I, ba- I hit stop recording for our listeners instead of uh, instead of hitting muting <laughs> myself. So mother, mother, it was a charity mother, You didn't have to say something clever and funny <laughs> while well, I was up answering the door for the cop.
0: Um. So, you, but you were talking about the thirty thousand foot view and oh the yeah. So it's like the thirty thousand. view. Step.
1: So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's a step in in that reminder. So I, I what I would say is for those of you that are listening and are inspired by when when we do this. Um please take it as that, take it as a thirty thousand foot you, and then say i'm just gonna trust that that this is real, and then let the next step be go to talk to a human being in real life, or maybe even if if you're if you're seriously discerning, you know you can feel free to email us you know and 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 mother can give a little bit of further wisdom there and things like that but um but there is a just know know that know that uh I was gonna. I was gonna tell a story that I've now spaced. But so this basically, this is what it used to be. I used to. I really hope. I'll put it this way. I hope that that those in our church who are are leaning into a ministry, usually a ministry from thirty thousand feet, whether it's um, a bishop that's not their own or a, a online priest personality or non-personality, um, those who are really leaning into the need that our churches are welcoming. Hmm. And they, they, that's kind of the big thing, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how you think, your personal ideology, nothing matters, just come and we, we want you to feel welcomed in our parishes my hope is that what that does is it gets people to actually come to my parish mm-hmm. from any walk of life from any situation any ideology but they the the person can't stop there they can't stop us saying well i was told by some guy that i've never met online that i that i'm i'm going to be welcomed there no no you need to actually feel welcomed by real people in real life and and let them then welcome you into the community to whatever extent that can be, and begin that process of real communion. Um, so, so I, I'm 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 critiquing myself here because I I wanna I wanna say you are a very good mother at at saying you're a mess, and you're very good at explaining it in certain ways. But I, I, I don't want people to think. I guess, I guess mother is much more of a mess than she than the, in the, Truth. the specific ways.
0: Truth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I am much more of a mess than than. And this is this is another thing with me is that I'm also mother Natalia's spiritual father. So mm-hmm. I she can even share a lot more with me, even in our friendship and even in the podcast than I can share with her. Yeah. Because so so it really is lopsided. We are we are unequally burdened. So so you may even think <laughs> to yourself, mother, that that you you manifest yourself as being more of a mess on here, but that's because I really can't share everything as uh, even with you that you can yeah. with me in mm-hmm. in that way. So th- there, there is an imbalance here. Um, I got asked, I got asked to be a confirmation sponsor for the little Roman Catholic dear little girl that I love immensely. I'll share who it is afterwards, mother. Um, to be a confirmation sponsor, and and I re- and it was another one of those moments. But especially with the kid, because like when you ask to be a godparent, like they're, they're usually an infant, right? So mm-hmm. you, you're like, okay, they're, they're an infant. But I was asked by by a, a kid who's 13, mm-hmm. and this little girl is you know holier than me at 13 years old, and so <laughs> it's it's one of those things. I'm like, oh my gosh! And th- there's this reminder of my own messiness, mm-hmm. and I would I would never say no because I think that'd be wrong. But there, there is this, there, there's this, I need to become better. I mm-hmm. need to become better. If mm-hmm. I'm going to be a good confirmation sponsor for this girl who already has, she's you know, nearly an adult, she already has expectations. You know, there's all these things about like this. I, I need to make sure that I'm a good example and, and make sure I'm praying for her things like this. So anyway, um, let, let this be only what it can be. And I, I think maybe one of the things that, that we do as a podcast mother, which is beautiful, and that's why you're podcasting on this, is show a certain vulnerability that is good, but I don't want people to think that, that you're seeing the fullness of our of our brokenness or of our weakness because you're not. You're really yeah. not. It, it's, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more there in both of our lives and it may appear that Mother, just because she brings it up more because I think that's more of her ministry to you um, and there's just things that I can't share. Uh-huh. Um, but just know that if you are discerning something that you have, put, a vocation that you've put on a pedestal, like many people have, like you certainly just shared that you did, Mother, Mm-hmm with these things as a pedestal. Keep them on a pedestal because what God calls you to should be on a pedestal, and it, it, it's what's going to get you to heaven. Um, but also, um, let 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 this little, these beautiful little revelations from Mother Natalia, let let them be encouraging, um, and and don't don't let the devil convince you that 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 this is the extent of the messiness. And so, if you're more of a mess than you perceive we are, then you shouldn't you know, pursue a vocation. Go talk to a real human being who can look you in the eye and the spirit can work through in that way after we've maybe been the voice of our lord a little bit um to get you to do that.
0: And not even just I think pursuing a vocation is the most obvious example and and that's the example I used, but it's also just more more general of we think that our brokenness and our mess means that we can't be holy. We're like, well, I just will never be holy um, which first of all it 's not this like place that we eventually get to at some stage in our spiritual life, and then we 're just there forever um, it's it 's a continual journey, you know um even in if, like in the east, we even believe in uh deification this this process of theosis of of becoming one with God for all of eternity like yeah. even even after our death Uh, that looks different obviously than it does here because we're not continuing to sin when we're in heaven. So that, that looks different than it does here, but it's this eternal process of becoming in more and more in union with the Lord. And Mm -hmm. there's no one who's too much of a mess to, to do that. And yeah. So as I was talking about that, you posed this question that I thought was a really beautiful question uh, in the recording that was lost, that then led to what I think was the most fruitful aspect of that conversation you asked you said you said that you often wonder um, what do the people do who seem like they 're just too much of a mess to enter the monastery the people who do you remember your question because if you could just say it again, that would probably be
1: if i 'm remembering correctly, it was something like. In other words, there are people that are not called to the monastery or in my case as a vocation director to the priesthood. There are mm-hmm. people that not that are not called but not because they're too much of a mess. Yeah. You you said something brilliant. Well, the, that no, my response is what I want to yes. is what I want to so, share, yeah. Which I, I think I know what you're going to say, so please go ahead, but it's like basically when when someone is when someone thinks that they're called to ordination or to the monastery and 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 the monastery or the church, the diocese decides that they're not. Um, it's not because you're too much of a mess to join a, a situation where messy people, yeah, are mm-hmm. there.
0: Yeah, because it, your question was something along those lines of like, well, what do, what does it mean if you're just like, if it seems to you like, well, if the monastery is the place. Where you like that's the hospital that you go to mm. for healing, um well, what does that mean if I'm just
1: like and I'm not accepted
0: yeah, and I'm not accepted then mm. and the the point that I made in response was that, as the vocation directors for our community if i'm if I'm talking with a discerner and and I need to tell her um that. She can't discern with our community, like she's not called to our community, and sometimes I even need to to say, um, you know i I really don't think that you have a monastic vocation period, not just to our community when i when i When I have to share that in a conversation with a discerner, it's not because they're too much of a mess to be a monastic, or they're too broken to be a monastic. It's because our vocation is supposed to be a life of healing. Our vocation is supposed to be for our salvation. And as I'm talking with someone and hearing their prayer, um, as they're sharing with me the fruits of their prayer, and I'm praying as well, then I'm discerning, is this actually going to be healing for you, this life? Because there, there are certain things that um, you know, if you have very particular wounds, then maybe living in a monastic life is only going to exacerbate those wounds and not heal them, in which case, this isn't what the Lord like is wanting, um, is wanting for you, for your vocation, for your salvation. He does open up the wounds when you're in your vocation because he wants to heal them and and we have to to open the the wounds and let the stuff out in order to heal them, but like there's just different you know I was, as I was reflecting on this this morning it's like there's not just a one size fits all cancer treatment you know uh, when people have have cancer, the oncologist is figuring out helping to figure out a very personalized plan for them. That's some combination of chemo, radiation, surgery, you know, like all of these different things in different orders and there's different steps and so on and so forth. And and I think similarly, it's not just like the same thing is healing for everybody. That's true in the sense of God's love is healing for everybody. Um, tenderness. I think is healing for everybody. Being received is healing for everybody. But but what those things look like, how those things are manifested, God's love, the tenderness, the receptivity, uh, it's manifested in different ways for different people. And the monastery is not that path of healing for everybody. And I think that... Um you know, this is part of why when we get, when we get podcast emails, we often get emails of people who are like, here's this situation that I'm in. What do I do? And, and they just want me to tell them, yeah, what to do, um, how to get out of this situation, how they're supposed to respond to someone. And, and I, I receive those emails and, um, and pray with it and try to, to give a prayerful response. And, and oftentimes I do have a couple words of advice or something, but sometimes I have to respond with, do you have a spiritual director? Because they really need to help you through this. And that's not because I'm just like unwilling to give them the time or because I'm trying to, I almost said, kick the bucket. That means die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> kick the can down the road? No. Yeah.
1: No. I say that. Are you saying I'm wrong?
0: Well, kick the can want. down the road means like push it off for a later time.
1: Oh, that's what I thought you meant.
0: Okay. No, it's like I'm not trying to just pass it off to someone else when I say, like, okay. do you have a spiritual director? Uh, it's It's actually a matter of, I don't know your heart. And if I don't know your heart sometimes in those situations, it's difficult to give advice because I want to give the advice that's going to be the best and most healing thing for this person that you're telling me you're struggling with, as well as for you, as well as for, you know, just everyone involved. And if I don't actually know your heart and your wounds and and your strengths and your weaknesses, then then it it can be difficult to do that um, in more than a general way. And I, you know, I often um, my my spiritual children can tell you this because often my spiritual children, like I know, they just want me to give them answers and they want me to tell them what to do in direction. And I learned after several years of spiritual direction with Father Michael that that's not how it works because he never gives me the answers and I'm always really annoyed by it. Um, but I'm like, I don't want to just give you the answers. What I want in spiritual direction is is to learn about your heart and and to help you to better share your heart with Jesus and to help you better hear Jesus. And there are times when, you know, if I feel like someone is just totally going in a very wrong direction and I'm like, I'm going to spare them years of pain if I just tell them this, then I will, you know, and you do that for me as well, Father Michael. But um, there's just such a, our relationship with the Lord just as it is with one another is very personal and and that's why i like I have m- multiple conversations with discerners um, before trying to help them come to that conclusion or to a different conclusion, and when we try to take the person out of it and make it just a process and some sort of like Um, mechanical, you put in these different inputs and then you find out what the answer is, um, as opposed to actually having relationship, then we're really doing a disservice to a discerner. And um, we're not helping them learn about themselves. I have a couple more things that I want to share, but I'll pause there if you Wanna say something. Did you hear that?
1: Was that a human that fell?
0: I hope not. Hopefully not. Um I'm just gonna call out if they're okay. I'm gonna mute myself okay. to do that while you respond. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um Yes. Mother's making sure that her community is okay. Um I think that that we have lost in general the sense of We've lost in general the sense of the intimacy that we can have with other people that we allow them to speak into our lives. I cannot tell you how hard it is for most people, including me, to actually like call someone out who I love. And if, if I mean I, I really and I get frustrated by this, and you know this mother, that I, I I love, even though it's hard sometimes, I love hearing that because I really do worry that when I, I hear a lot of complaints from people, they complain about parents, <clears throat> they complain about bosses, they complain about spouses, and I I so often immediately t- look if I can put myself in the shoes of the person they're complaining about, because I say, do th- they're, you're complaining about your boss, but do they have all the information? Like, does your boss know this? Because I'm a leader, I'm I'm kind of a boss in a sense, and and. I'm sure people people complain about me all the time, and 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 the often they do not tell me, and I mm. go often I say when would I have learned this? <laughs> when like we don't we don't learn about everything in seminary. We have four years of seminary. That's nothing and to to be formed in in the way to lead souls that's nothing. And so when people complain and they say well I think they just assume that that well father is very intentional about this. He's saying things that he's like if he says this he means it and he means the the way that I think he means it and and basically they assume that we are fully formed and this is, I do the same thing with my Bishop, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We assume they're fully formed and that they, they're when very they really intentional. What they like
0: a week of baby Bishop school or whatever. Right.
1: And, and, <laughs> and they, and, and so we, 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 we have to have good people in our life that can call us out on things. Like we need people to, to give us advice regularly. We need continuing education in being a human being. We need continuing education in being a leader. We need continuing education in, in loving. We need this continuing education in everything. And it's not, it's, not always right for people that, that, to, to I, I, my, it's not my place to correct my bishop on everything I think he's doing wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I, if I, you know, I, I need to get better about inviting my people and doing that. If I ask them to let me know, you know, what have you complained to your friends about this past month? You know, I'm not going to put it that way. I don't want to make them to feel that, make them feel shamed, but you know, what, what are what are your frustrations with, with my leadership? And, and, and when I, when I actually invite that type of constructive feedback then, then I am learning these things. So basically, I think what what we do is we put media personalities, and I'm just going to put us in that place, mother. We put media personalities that we think that that oh, th- there's this there's this wisdom they have, or there's this this there's this something that they're telling me about, and there, it, it's it's not it's not our opinions or our thoughts that should be. That, that, that you can, that listeners interpret and then say, well, this is what they said. So then therefore they must have a wisdom that I can get out of an email or get from a -hmm. a phone call or a quick question. That's not our place. It's not our place to to do that. It's not our place to expect that from other people. Mm-hmm. And yet, I know I, I saw the other day some woman that there was a there was a, a com box after some news article. I think at the Pillars like this, and they were talking about all these priests that are falling from grace. You know, all these priests are leaving the priesthood, and one the, that priest in Louisiana that you know just just attempted marriage. You know, so it's like. The, the, this happens and the, fa- the fact of the matter is we're, we're hearing about every single one this has always been the case but we're hearing about every single one because mm-hmm. of the way media is but, but the same thing is that, um, is that so? This, this woman posts in one of the com boxes and says you know what if Father Mike Schmitz ever left the priesthood I would lose my faith and I just thought I, I get it I don't think you'd be the only one
0: that's a dangerous place to be, though.
1: Oh my gosh! But I think there's a lot of people in that place, but yeah. because they they're they they're assuming that Father Michael Schmitz knows everything about the faith, mm. is is living a life of complete holiness, is not a broken man, and that they they're putting him on this pedestal to say that if if he loses his faith, then anybody should lose their faith. And you go, mm. no, you know, he he's to Put not to your you, trust I'm assuming, in princes. Right. I'm, I'm assuming to this woman that he's a media personality. It's not, he, he's not her spiritual father or her pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm assuming that's the case. So, so don't put people in, that are in that media place that are at 30,000 feet. Don't put them in that place of letting them affect your faith in a very, very real way. Um, so yeah. So th- that's the way it is with, with any of us. So when we, when we talk about our vulnerability, let, let our vulnerability be an invitation to a real human conversation with someone who knows and loves you and into to finding real community, even if that means inviting people in to be constructively critical mm-hmm. or give give constructive feedback or or being willing to do that for others and and really understand one of the things that, that we had to erase on the last one that i that i I think I brought up um and now my aint guardian angels just taken it from my mind um Oh, but, but basically it was something about we, we, we are really never completely vulnerable except with one or two people because mm-hmm. we we don't, when our real brokenness, we don't share with anybody, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really, really hard to, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. So basically that we, someone's not really, like true love is usually seeing someone's deep brokenness actually being kind of turned off by it being a little bit sickened by it and then overcoming that aversion to the sin in order to love them more in mm-hmm. the end. You know, it, it, it usually, it's not true. I, I think I said, I like, like we don't understand the story of the good Samaritan at all because we don't have an aversion to Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Like to, the, Jesus's audience hated Samaritans. They saw them as the enemy. And, and they so to, to understand Jesus's message that a Samaritan was the one that helped one of us who fell in with robbers? Like you, you have to have that aversion, then overcome it out of love. Mm-hmm. And so, when when we really, to I think it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when we really share our brokenness. It does. It's it sits with the person we've told, and they go, they don't go. Oh, that's nothing. They go, that is that. That's that's the like that's mm-hmm. a brokenness, and I, I'm I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, and yet you're coming and telling me I need to find. Christ-like love and acceptance of you right now that's, that's unconditional and Christ-like. And, and then it may take me a bit of time, but I'm going to love you more because of this and mm-hmm. because what you've done with the healing rather than, than the immediate aversion like with Samaria or, or um, what's the other, what's the city um, from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know, Jericho was mm-hmm. another place that would have turned people's stomachs, you know, and mm-hmm. Jesus talks about Jericho all the time. So anyway, um, Rant over.
0: Thank you. That it was a good rant. Uh, I'm gonna. What I want to share next is basically totally off topic of what you just said, but it was <laughs> something that I really wanted to share in this episode. I don't know if it relates to anything, but I want to share it, so I'm going to you do it. And uh, I need to wrap up shortly, so I'm just going to share it now. I wanted to share an experience I had in prayer just recently because about healing. Um, there's a particular this this is one of those things where it's like, I can't share the details with you because for all of the reasons, but so I'm going to share in vague ways and uh, but I think that y- that people will still be able to to receive from it and see the beauty in it. but I I expressed, um, back in August, I got just really angry with God is what happened. And I was angry with him because there were externals in my life, um, things having to do with my sins and my temptations and my struggles, and that I'm just like, why are you still letting me struggle with this? Because I've asked you a million times to take it away and I don't want it and it's sin and it's not fair. So just take it. And why won't you take it? Because I know you can. And yeah, I just was really angry and I just happened to be praying with, um, like I'm, I'm reading through the gospels and where I happened to be in Luke was the story of the leper who comes to Jesus and says, "Um, if you will, I can be clean. And Jesus says, I will it and be clean. And the leper goes away clean. And I read that story and I was infuriated because I was like, (laughs) why? Honestly, like very vulnerably, I was just like, why don't you want me to be clean? Why don't you will that? And like, I'm asking you to cleanse me and you are choosing not to. And how is that a loving father? And how is that the divine physician? And how is that all of these things? And as I, yeah, that basically was just unresolved and I just was angry. (laughs) And then recently, I was on retreat and had um, really some, some miraculous healings. And they were interior um, of just like things that I had been, interior things that I'd been struggling with for years and years. Um, didn't even know I was struggling with. Didn't know there was this deep brokenness in me. Uh, and on this retreat, those things were healed the interior. And then without even asking for it, those externals that I had been asking God to get rid of were just gone. And as a result of the interior healing, and only as I was praying with it later, did I realize the connection between the exterior and the interior, because I thought the two were unrelated. Not in general, like I realized the exterior and interior are related, but in this particular instance, I didn't think the two were related, um, and and it just struck me that I was asking for healing for the wrong thing. Um, it would have been akin to Jesus taking away the spots of leprosy off of the leper, but then mm. whatever was causing the spots yeah. was just going to make them come back or or manifest in a different way. Um, and so it was just this really humbling experience of, oh, it's not that Jesus doesn't want to heal me. It's that I didn't understand the thing that needed healed. Um, and, And the way I tie that back to the vocations and the calls to holiness is, you know, if if you're not like, if God isn't calling you to say the particular community that you think you're supposed to enter or, um, and you know that simply because the community hasn't accepted you and we have to be obedient to circumstances. And like, if the community has refused your entrance, then that's not God's will for you, <laughs> you know? Um, and it's like, We just have such s- small minds. We're closed minds. That's the thing, I think. Um, and and what he has in store for us and his plan for us is so beyond anything that we could imagine. And it's so much more beautiful than anything we could imagine. And this was just a very tangible instance of that in my life Was was this realization of, I was accusing him of not wanting to heal me when really there was just a much deeper healing that he was preparing mm.
1: i i i whenever I hear that too, it reminds me of just how much more I need to have gratitude because mm. like what you're expressing now mother is is a deep gratitude for. Jesus not giving you what you wanted yeah. when when you wanted it, and a deep gratitude for Him giving you more than what you wanted when He did give it, and when you were ready to receive it, and the whole time and everything through, and it, it really is. I mean, praise and gratitude is something that we, I we just do not do enough of. Um, mm-hmm. I think especially we we Catholics and Orthodox, you know, we 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 have we have so much of our our literacy of the hours is praise i mean especially on you know in the morning for matins, like psalms of praise but i i I rarely, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here. I rarely like say, "Oh, it's the time for praise." I, I just pray the psalms because they're, they're what's written in the book, mm-hmm. and I and I, I chant them. But I, I'm not actually like saying what what I'm doing right now is Jesus is teaching me how to praise Him yeah. so that I can continue this for the rest of the day. You know, they're called the psalms of praise, and they're called the psalms are always in the, in the matins, and we we hear them. And it's all full of praise, and so th- those moments are praise and thanksgiving, gratitude should be so much more of our prayer. And take so much more time than we basically, I think, do now with either obligatory prayer, memorized prayer, prayer that we pray so we don't feel guilty, or prayer of petition, asking for things. You know, um, and we've been taught this since we were kids. Always mm-hmm. begin with prayer, and th- praise, and Thanksgiving. But I, we need to do that. And I think moments like this, the realization you just had, um, is a lesson to me to make sure that I, I do that a little more, a little more uh, frequently.
0: Yeah, and um, and it's also. I think part of the reason it's more beautiful than I even imagined is because when, (laughs) like when, if Jesus had just taken away the externals, um, I would have been grateful, you know, and I would have seen that as miraculous because those externals have been there for so long. Uh, But I think that's it. Like, I think I would have just been grateful and then moved on with life. Whereas, and then I wouldn't have healed that deep interior Mm. thing that needed healing because I wouldn't have realized that the brokenness was there because the symptoms of it were gone. Um, And then not only did he get to the root of it, but in addition to the gratitude, there was the, the growth in humility of just like I had to acknowledge, oh, I thought I knew everything that was going on here. And I knew nothing <laughs> like, um, and, and just that, that humility of, of realizing. Um, yeah. So it's like, he, he always gives so much with his healing. It's not just the, it's not just the pain that he takes away or the thing that he's um, like stitching up, but there's also the other graces that come with it. Like in this case, the, the grace of humility and, and the, the gratitude. So
1: and what i need to take from that is to say sometimes i may be so persevering in my in my frustration with god or with my demands upon him that he just takes away the symptoms mm. out of I'll, you know, and he doesn't cut deeper, even yeah. though that's what I need, because he's uh. like, he, I wouldn't, I wouldn't receive it. So maybe yeah. I'm actually getting in the way, preventing God from really working in my heart, because I, I'm insistent upon just the service things. And yeah. so he's finally, he's like, I'm gonna, I'll give them to you, but I, if you've been more patient, I, and maybe one day you will. That's he mm-hmm. works in our heart this way, then I can give you the deeper things as well.
0: Yeah, like the man who asks him, what do I need to do to get into the kingdom? Yeah. And yeah, he's exactly. asking so transactionally that Jesus is like, all right, I'll give you the answer that you're asking for. Mm. And then when the man says, but what else? Then Jesus is like, actually what you need is relationship with me. Yeah. It's not just these externals. Um, Amen. Okay, uh, I do need to wrap up. So we are on all of the social media platforms, um, except for Twitter, but you can find Father Michael, on Twitter, at Padre Michael O. And we are, uh, if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen, or I guess even if it's not where you listen, um, that's a helpful way to get the podcast known to people. Uh, But even more helpful than that is if there's an episode that is particularly good and healing for you, and you think it will be for someone else in your life, then please do share that episode. We are on Goodreads. Amazing discussions happen there. Um, Shout out to just our media team who takes care of all of that so that Father Michael can be a priest and I can be a nun. And um, you can support our nonprofit, Fotina, uh, on Patreon, and... The so if you search what God is not on Patreon, you'll find us there. And that nonprofit, we have um, some of the money goes to helping the the poor and the hungry and the thirsty, the naked, the ill, the imprisoned, all of the those groups listed in Matthew twenty five, and also tithing to our eparchies and to our parishes um, who allow us to put forth this podcast and this ministry. And some of that also goes to um, other evangelization projects similar to ours. And lastly, um, yeah, just supporting this podcast itself and allowing us to like go to seek and to have the equipment we need and things like that. If you do support us on Patreon, you also get a shout out. So I'd like to give five shout outs. We're slowly catching up. We have 51 (laughs) more shout-outs to give after these five, and then we will start just giving them as they come in. But I'd like to say thank you to Christopher M. from North Carolina, Molly R., no address, G. H. from Florida, Justin M. from Wisconsin. I'm going to be in Wisconsin in a week visiting Holy Resurrection Monastery. Um, as I'm recording this, it's happened long ago by the time this comes out. Jenna S. from Ohio. I love you, Jenna. I love all of you, but Jenna I know and love particularly because I know her in person. So those are all of the things. Um, prayer intentions. I feel like there's a big thing I'm forgetting, Father Michael. Am I forgetting something?
1: I wasn't paying attention to your like spiel about the... The platform. So you may have forgot something in there, but.
0: But I just mean, like, I feel like there's some big part of the podcast that I like. Did I just skip an entire part altogether? No, No, we do the podcast and then the spiel and then prayer intention. Okay. Love you. Um, Blessing. Yeah. Love you. (laughs) Blessing. Okay. Um, (laughs) So for my prayer intention, I will ask for prayers for the repose of the soul of Greg Wohar. Um, our friend Talka, who's been on the podcast and you've heard us talk about her, um, her dad passed away uh, quite suddenly this past week. So I'm hoping to go to his funeral tomorrow. Um, it's a two and a half hour drive though. And I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to swing it, but I'm going to try. But please pray for the repose of his soul. Um, beautiful, beautiful man. So... Um, yeah. Father Michael?
1: Um, that reminds me, um, I have a new spiritual daughter who's a nun, and her grandfather passed away um, yesterday. And I wish I remembered his name. Um, he's Bra- It's a Brazilian name because she's Brazilian, and uh, it's a name I had never heard before. So anyway, please pray for the soul of of the the uh, grandfather of my new spiritual daughter. And if you could pray for the health and intentions of my soon to be newest uh, confirmation, I'm a confirmation sponsor. So my confirmation sponsee um, that I just got asked last night by this beautiful little girl. So uh, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Father Michael. Love you. Thanks I for re-recording with me.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> can you give us a blessing?
1: Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you never be intimidated by your sin, but always understand that God came and became man to forgive sin. He came to heal our brokenness. That's why he came. That's why he wanted to come. That's why he does what he does, why he offers his mercy and his love and his desire for our salvation, our union with him. May you always find great hope in the gifts He give and be prevented from the attacks of the evil one or any enemies visible or invisible. Uh, May you find joy in true vulnerability within your community. May you find a community that you trust and that you love and that trusts you and loves you. May you find rest and comfort in that. And may you allow yourself the vulnerability and the sharing of brokennesses within that community that truly does lead to resurrection and leads to healing. May our Lord give you every good thing you need and may you know that he does may you trust that he does and have hope that he does even the salvation of your soul in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit
0: Amen